Hey everybody, it's November. The board game mechanics are still here with you. With me is Jason. Hey guys, what's what's going on? Jason, the very sick boy today. Um, and I'm Joel. And I did that weird and wrong. That's why I threw Jason for a loop there. I like to keep him on his toes sometimes. So. Yeah, you do. Especially when he's on NyQuil at like <laughs> noon. <laughs> yeah. Wow, dude, are you going to make it? I don't know. I just can't laugh too hard. I might, uh, I might not be able to stop coughing then. So my laugh will sound kind of restrained, and that's on purpose, I think. <laughs> All right, Jason. I'll try and be very... Very straight-laced this episode. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you will. <laughs> All right, so I have a couple pieces of news I wanted to talk about, and I think you may have one. So I'll go ahead and get started with mine. Um, the first thing that I found that was interesting in a recent press release from Portal, they said they're coming out with an expansion for Detective already called L.A. Crimes. I didn't look into it much. I'm assuming it's more cases for Detective. I don't really know much about Detective how it is, as it is, but I think you do. So if you're into Detective and you like that type of deal, Portal's got your back and they're coming out with some expansions. And it won't be on Kickstarter, but what they do with this game is they do like a pre-order thing where you get like some bonuses, I think. So I don't know if they're doing that in this one or not, but with Detective, you got like some kind of exclusive pricing or some kind of exclusive something. So I'm guessing they'll do a pre-order on this one as well. I guess I, I kind of like that. I mean, I kind of complain when Queen and places like that do Kickstarters for their pre-orders. So doing them in-house at least, I think feels a little better. So <laughs> That's funny that you mentioned that. Uh, <laughs> the next piece of news, Queen Games has a Kickstarter. They're doing another Alhambra box, this time the Mega Box. With three new expansions. Yeah, this is absurd. <laughs> hey, I can't really complain because I, I kickstarted the Merlin thing, and it's going to be like delivering next week, and I just kickstarted it like a month ago. So, I mean, whatever you got to do, I guess. It is kind of obnoxious, though. I, I do agree with you. Well, and then have you played Alhambra before, Jason? It's kind of an old game, kind of a gateway game for you yeah, to play it. It's, it's okay. It's kind of simple, but yeah, it's okay. The only thing I really like on it is that if you can make exact change... It makes you have a meaningful choice of, do I go for the thing that's perfect for me, or do I go for the thing where I can make exact change and get an extra turn? You know what I mean? Right, yeah. So, I mean, that mechanic's kind of cool in there. But other than that, I don't feel like this game's awesome. It's a perfectly great, um, hey, what should we play with someone who knows how to play Ticket to Ride but doesn't want to play Ticket to Ride kind of game. But um, I don't... How many expansions do we need? I mean, seriously, I don't know. There's... In the, in the big box, like most people say, there's like one or two really great expansions in there and so i don't know adding three more onto a game that's i i'm guessing 10 years old at this point at least so just weird it's funny that they keep releasing these two because i have a couple friends that have the big box and literally i've never played with an expansion i've probably played this game four or five times and every single time it's just bland alhambra right because if you're <laughs> going to play something more complicated than alhambra you're going to play something that's not alhambra right yeah <laughs> Right. Whatever. That's uh, not me trying to be rude. Alhambra is a perfectly great game. If you love Alhambra, I think it's fine. I think it's a good game, actually. But I just don't think we need a full like bookshelf full of expansions for it to make it the only game we play or something. I don't know. I Seriously, I think... I don't know. I, I, I don't even want to venture a guess in the big box, but I'm guessing there's eight, ten expansions in the big box and then another three. So it's just a lot of stuff in there. So whatever. This new one has three new designers, I think, are doing expansions. I don't know. I don't know. You know what's really cool is there's a version of Alhambra called New York. It has no expansions with it or anything like that. And I think it's out of print. 
but it's really cool because you're in New York and it's like kind of a modern day kind of thing. So I think that's kind of a cooler theme. So I wish they would, instead of doing more Alhambra expansions, like develop New York better. I don't know. Right. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's called New York. I don't know. I mean, I could yeah. be wrong on that one. No, you're right. It's so, New York. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Uh, well, hey, the news I have is Mice and Mystics. Of all the board games out there, Mice and Mystics is getting a movie made about it, potentially. Uh, DreamWorks, which is a huge company. And um, Alexander Ajay, or Aja, I think is his name, um, is the director attached to this right now. And he's not really known for a ton of stuff. He co-wrote Aquaman, which isn't a huge, awesome IMDb page credit or something, but right. um, I think, I don't know, it's getting a full movie treatment though from DreamWorks. I don't know if it'll be a theatrical release or a straight to DVD thing or what, but um, pretty cool though. I mean, anything that br- brings awareness to geeky culture to the masses, I'm, I'm pretty down with. So uh, this is when, so Jason on the record said he has never played a plaid hat game last episode and, and people sighed and cried. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is this one that is even remotely interesting to you? Uh, not really. I mean, it, it's like a storytelling and moving minis around game kind of, right? Yes, but you get wheels of cheese too. And isn't this stuff fables? Isn't that similar to this from the same company, right? Yeah, they're both by Jerry Hawthorne. Um, I think they're both storytelling kind of games. This one you do more like lay these boards out these certain ways. With Stuff Fables, it has that cool book mechanism where you're right. just playing a book, kind of like a above or a near and far has, right? Uh, not above and below. Um, and so I don't know, they're they're different. The systems are way different. Um, they both have dice rolling and stuff, but this is like you're rolling for hits and life and stuff like that. Whereas I think on Stuff Fables, there's different colors of die that you're trying to have, and you're trying to place them into like an array to try not array, but like into categories to try and beat checks. So they're both kind of beating checks, rolling die. But I think Mice and Mystics, my opinion is Stuff Fables is something you could play with like a slightly younger kid than Mice and Mystics you could. Because Mice and Mystics has some like like range rules and movement rules and stuff that I think are a little more complicated. Um, I just know this, Mice and Mystics, as much as I want to praise Plat Hat for getting so much better at distribution, and as much as I really do love Guardians and some of the stuff they've come out with recently... Um, they're really bad at keeping the expansion and base game of Mice and Mystics in stock. And I do like that game, but it's so hard for me not to trade it away when people are offering me like crazy trades for it when it goes out of print. So right. I don't know. It's one of those games that I don't think a lot of people have had really great chances to play. And then I know there's an RPG game system. Um, uh, like I don't remember the name of the other one. Like Redwall's the series that this reminds me of, of, of literature. Right. But then yeah. there's a man, someone's yelling it right now at the speaker that, it's probably Katie. I, I don't know the name of this RPG system, but it's like basically Mice and Mystics. And I think Mice and Mystics itself has an RPG system too. So I don't know. I, I think it's cool that each universe is going to get some treatment, but I don't know. We'll see how it develops. And again, like I said, anything that helps nerd culture. I mean, D&D, D&D movies haven't always had the best uh, reception. The Warcraft movie wasn't awesome. Um, it was fine. Um, but anyway, if a really cool movie that would, you know, like shed light into a tabletop world and bring more people into the hobby. I'm, I'm down with that. So whatever. That's that's my two cents, I guess. Yeah, I would definitely want to play this at least one time. Just I feel like I should try it. But again, it's not something that if I die tomorrow without playing this game, I'm not going to be sad. But I would play it once for sure. It was really, really scary to hear you in your current state say, if I die tomorrow, because <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. It's a possibility, I guess. <laughs> uh, I think you would really dig this one. Actually, I'll let you borrow my copy if you want to. Um, 
I, I mean, because I'm not going to play it anytime soon, but I think it'd be really killer for you to play with your little girls. They would need help, but like it'd be really fun to play with them because they're creative and they like to, you know, play imagination type things. And then I know Katie is a D and D player, so yeah, I don't know. I think she'd dig it too. I think it'd be a fun activity for you guys to do as a family. I, uh, okay, Jason, you can edit that out because. Because if Katie hears that, she'll be like, yeah, definitely. Let's drag Jason into playing Mice and Mystics. But I understand. <laughs> I could hear the groan in your voice when I was like mentioning that. No, it's fine. I would I would play it. It's fine. I play lots of games that I don't necessarily love. So it's not, it, it doesn't bother me too much. I, I will say that you, like every time I play games with you in real life, like you're like, I don't care. Let's just play something. You just, the only thing you don't want to do is like sit there staring at games. You're like, just pick something to play. Like, yeah. and I'm with you. Like, I hate that when you have a, eight hour game day you spend two hours picking games yep. like that's that's absurd so all right man well that's it for my news and that's all i have too so i think we can move on jason i'll do the introduction on this because your voice can't handle it so jason i'll <laughs> I'll, I'll i'll like i guess we could do it where i just like pause and you just say the name of the game you played and then i could just <laughs> talk about it for you <laughs> no we won't quite do that what'd you play this week though um i played one you've been wanting to talk about for a while, yes. and I only played it solo, but I played Lisboa, finally. So, granted, it's not with actual people, but I did play against Lacerda, and he beat me down twice, and this game is amazing. Uh, it's so smooth, so streamlined, and it seems like it's a beast to play, but really, you're just playing a card, and you're taking one action, and the action depends on where you're playing the card on your board. So, either you play it to your board... And you can do a couple actions or you can play it onto the actual game board to um, influence some nobles and you can take a couple different actions. And all these actions just spiral into this complicated web of points and peace moving. It's it's awesome. It's up there. It's kind of like the gallerist in certain ways where you have influence tracks. It can also be used as money and you do one action and it spawns like 12 other things you can do. So Lisboa. Not a great overview of it, but again, I haven't played it with real people, so it was kind of fiddly as solo, and I'm ready to not have the fiddliness anymore. Well, I'll say this. Um, the Gaming Rules video is like 40 minutes long for this, and I think he does a really succinct job of trying to explain the rules and set up. So there's a lot in this one. It's hard to explain what it is. I would say this. If you get an opportunity to play this game with someone who knows how to play already, I would take it. You just know you're going to get slaughtered because you learn so much from your first play to your second play on every game. But in right. particular on this game, I think you just learn a lot between plays. Um, it's so cool. It scales so well because of like how these ship cards come in and then you close off certain avenues when you are playing at lower player counts. Um, it's just really awesome. And now you have the base edition and I have the deluxe. And I'm going to say this. I, I This is a guy who owns the deluxe edition. Don't buy the deluxe edition. I think the only thing it has in there that is worth having um, the wooden pieces and stuff are nice, but it has these little tiles uh, that randomize the public works buildings and randomizes the shops. Yeah, so that like that's is, the, that is cool. That's, that's the only thing that is in there, though. That I mean, the other thing too is Lisboa is a game. It's going to be one of those like I don't know. It's going to be one of those probably four times a year kind of games where I don't think you're going to be like I can min max this layout and know exactly how to make everything fire to to break this game. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I don't think anyone's going to play it that much that you need to randomize it. I mean, and if you needed to, then I guess you go to that deluxe, but the deluxe is like 30 bucks more or something for a few pieces of cardboard, some bragging rights and some wood. I mean, like, I don't know that it's worth it. Right. Yeah. I mean, I saw what comes in the, cause inside my box, it has what comes with the deluxe. 
Yeah, it's just fancy wooden bits, and I don't really care about that. The randomizer's cool, but yeah, again, I've played it twice solo, and there's so much going on that if you can focus on that and know how all that stuff's going to work every time, then, wow, you get some mad props from me. I can't do that. Here's my detour through this real fast, Jason, and I'm going to let you give your your response to this. This is my favorite Vita Lacerda game right now, and that's saying a lot because I have like three or four of his games in my top 10. I mean, I just love him as a designer. This is my favorite. This isn't the one I would have people play first. If you've never played a Lacerda game, I would say start. This is going to sound crazy, Jason. I'd say start on Venus 2016, then go to Venus 2010. Then hmm, do you go to this one next? Do you go to Kanban? Do you go to Gallerist? I think maybe Gallerist next. Uh, and then and then Kanban and this one are, are I mean, Kanban's not that bad actually either. No, and then com- maybe this one. Yeah, Kanban's easier than this. I, w- I would, this isn't my favorite, but again, I haven't played with actual people. So I've been caught up in the fiddliness and actually like maintaining a lot of the board. So I spend half my time just moving stuff around. But I'm probably still going to roll with the Gallerist as my favorite. But if I get some actual people to play it with, this may move up the list. But I would probably, I might actually introduce people to this one first, actually. Really? Yeah, I, d- I didn't think it was that bad. That, well, it's play a card, and then there's a flow chart you follow based on right. how you play it. Right. I mean, it's not bad, and the player aids really do help. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I'm hoping we can get this one played. We have a BGM con coming up right after you guys are hearing this, or as you guys are hearing this. So I'm hoping that Jason's well enough to be there, but also that this one gets played. I don't know. There's there's like there's like three games that I definitely want to get played, and this is one of them. Yeah, I'm with you. I'll play whatever. One second, Jason. <laughs> one second. Okay. Dude, hang up. Dude, dude. I, I got to take this. Yes, your highness. Okay, you are right. A prince is higher than an archduke. I was, I was wrong. I misspoke. Well, he said he didn't like it better than Gallerist. Okay. Jason, you're the Prince Laureate of cardboard, Cardboardia now. So uh, congratulations on that. Your right. Highness will be sending you your sash in the mail soon. <laughs> you need to wear that, except for on Casual Friday, where you can just wear the sweatband. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, Jason, what I played was Reef from Next Move Games. This game, um, <laughs> I have a weird bias against it. It feels like you're playing with like children's toys. Yeah, a little. A little. I, did, I didn't talk about this in the show before, did I? Because I've played this the last two weeks. No, um, I don't think so. I like it fine. I don't think it's got a beat. I don't even think it quite has Sagrada beat, but it's it's a neat game. Um, the only thing that's kind of cool about it is it does have some kind of like, I don't know, the decisions in there of do I take more cards or do I play the cards down? And then the kind of counter mechanism that you know you're going to have some of the parts get exhausted at some point. It's not a very long game. That kind of does create some tension, kind of have some fun in there. It is kind of fun just to build with those little pieces too. But I I don't know, man. I'm not caught up in the hype on this one too much. I think it's fine. Um and if somebody wanted to play it, I think I would play it. But this is one that I don't know. I, I ended up picking it up on a total impulse buy just because my shop had it. And this one might be going my for trade pile. I mean, this might be a six. So we'll see, Jason. I need to play it a little more to figure it out if I like it. Uh, just if you are one of the people that hasn't been paying attention, Reef is basically a game where you have cards that have two halves on them, halves on them. One half is uh, like one half is like the the Reef pieces you can put on your board. The bottom half then is a scoring uh, criteria. And so either you play down one of those cards or you draw one out of this array. Um, it kind of has this little like, um, 
I don't know, like uh, Agricola kind of mechanism where if you take a card that you didn't, is it Agricola I'm thinking of? If you take a card that you didn't pick uh, in the array, you have to put a point on it. So if you take one of the specific cards, Century like a little Spice bit early, Road, I think. Yeah, Century has that too, for sure. Um, but at any rate, uh, man, what game is it that famously did that first? I don't think I it was Agricola. Remember. Small World does it. It does. Ah, uh, it's a, it's, never mind. Anyway, uh, I'm trying to remember what the first game I remember playing that had that mechanism in it is. Uh, anyway, well, I know it's I know it's before um, Friedman Freeze's copycat game because it's in copycat, and that game steals like mechanisms from like eight different games. It's right, actually yeah. kind of a funny game. Um, anyway, uh, it has that mechanism where if you take one of the specific cards, you have to put a victory point on it, just because you're kind of snatching it a little early. I guess is kind of the way to think about it. Um, and then and then you either do that or you play a card. Um, that's simple, but I mean, there's just, I don't know, there's a lot of choices on there where you think, well, hopefully this card pops up later and I'm gonna start building towards it, that kind of stuff, you know? So I don't know. It's fine. It gets a six. It's, I don't hate it. And it's, it's gone before it started practically. I actually like Reef. I liked it better than Azul and, um, I don't know if I like it better than Century, but I do like it better than Azul and Sagrada. I liked it just cause it was fast. What is that? Is that like the, it's just, it's over so quick. Yeah, and I like the the multi-use cards where I have to use the card to either play the pieces or score the points. So I'm trying to figure out like which cards I want to do for what, you know? I I don't know. It, it seems like it has more decisions to me than Azul. And Sagrada is like a non-game to me. I don't really like that game. Yeah, I, the biggest problem is that you get those plastic chunks and it's like you want to teeth on them like they're like little tykes <laughs> right, pieces yeah. of teething plastic. Yeah, that's, I can that's see that. That's not true. I am not that reverted to being a toddler most of the time. Um but I don't know. I, it's fine. And I don't. I don't. Can't say it's a bad game. It's a really simple design. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, it's not something I'm going to see got to play. But if someone wants to play it, I'll play it. Yep. Same. All right. Speaking of Sagrada, I played a game that is a Sagrada killer in my opinion, and it is called Towers of Arcanos. I just did a review for this. It's from Creative Game Studio, and essentially what this is, it's a dice drafting game. So you're going to take a certain amount of dice out. You're going to roll them. Everyone's going to draft a die. And you're going to use that die to place it on this tower. And where you place the die is going to give you either points or some kind of special ability. And once the the layer of the tower is full, you're going to score it. Whoever has the majority in there is going to score some points. And then you're going to put another another layer on it. So it, it functions sort of like Sagrada where you need to have certain types of pips, certain colors of dice to go on this, this level. But the decision space is a lot more interesting because depending on what pillar you put your dice on... It's what ability you're going to get. You're also going to have these little, you have this little spell book that you can put a meeple on and it's going to give you an ability one time in the game that you can flip a die to another side or you can make the die a different color if you need it to be a different color. And it's as fast as Sagrada, but it's way more interesting to me. So that is Towers of Arcanos. You can go check out the review if you want to know more about it. It is, it is um, Agricola, by the way. Oh, is it? Because because if you don't buy wood at certain places, the wood like piles up. Oh yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's what I was yeah. thinking in my head, gotcha. but that all doesn't right. really have anything to do with that mechanism at all. The spice road comparison's way better. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was this one looks really cool, and I think is Rick Bach the designer or publisher or something? Is that his name? Uh, I think he might be the from the company. I don't think he's the designer actually. Well, he's he's getting a shout out. He's an awesome dude. He really is. He is. Yeah, our just our paths crossing with him. He's just an appreciative, humble, awesome guy, and exactly what Kickstarter starter is there for, you know. So right. I would suggest this one wholeheartedly. Um, I'm actually going to go check it out, and I 
potentially I'm going to back this one based on Jason's just high regard for it and my high regard for them as people. So right. um, anyway, yeah, I, that one looks pretty awesome. Well, by the time this episode comes out, it will be no longer active on Kickstarter. The project will be over. So just know that you're going to miss out if you haven't backed it already. Sorry. Yeah, but I have a special time traveling <laughs> That's true. thing that I can probably jump in and get it. <laughs> you will be able to, yes. <laughs> All right. I played Istanbul the Dice Game, Jason. Um, this is a game that gets a 10 out of 10. It's fines. Um, again, this one's just fine. It's You roll dice, and then you try and get sets of die to try and figure out ways to get gems. It's really fast, but I really like Istanbul. And this one doesn't do Istanbul justice, in my opinion. Um, it's just a very, very different game. I don't understand how they kind of even go together, except for there's one thing they have in common, which is you're trying to trade goods to get gems. Um, other than that, they're totally different games. And I think this is fine, um, but I would rather play Istanbul anytime. And I know a lot of people rave about this one, think it's just a great game. And I don't know. It's fine. It's just basically you're rolling these die. You can either use the set of goods you get to buy these little like cardboard chits that make your turn a little better, like give you a constant like card that you're drawing or give you money at the beginning of your turn. Um, or you can, you know, use your die that you roll to try and get re-rolls or you can use it to grab gems off this board for any number of reasons. And so once a person gets, uh, I'm going to say it's their fourth gem off the top of my head, the game's over. So it's just a really quick little rolling the dice, grabbing these gems thing. Um, if you just are crazy about dice rolling, uh, cool. But the other thing about it too is like... I don't know, man. I, I really, you can get one reroll when you start the game. And then there's ways to buy rerolls, like ways to acquire rerolls every turn. I just feel like it would be a much better game and more meaningful if it had at least a reroll in it. You know what I mean? But it's just like you roll these die and then it's like figure out how you're going to use them. And so there's, there's ways to minimize that. But if you have bad die rolls from the very beginning, you need good die rolls to get stuff to minimize your bad die rolls. So. It kind of has a not runaway thing on it, but a couple bad die rolls up front and you're kind of in trouble. So that's my criticism of it. Um, it's not bad. If people ask me to play it, it's again over before it starts practically. So I would play it, but I'm not going to ask for it. So that's Istanbul, the dice game. Right. I saw them put this out and I was thinking, does every game need to have a dice game? Like literally, like Istanbul is fine. It already does what it needs to do. Why do we need to have a dice version of that? So right. not, not something I'm trying to seek out, but. My buddy Chris has it. He played it and said it was okay. So I may try it sometime, but not one I'm going to buy for sure. Well, and then like my thoughts on it too are Istanbul with two players who know what they're doing and don't have like serious AP problems. Like you and I could sit down and play Istanbul in probably 35 minutes if I had to guess. Right. Um, yeah. And I mean like, so do you really need a faster version of that when you get a full like worker placement movement kind of cool game like that in that package? And then I don't know, everyone like this is where like, I don't know. I'm just kind of going nuts with... The cult of the new stuff. Like, this one's really bugging me on that. But then, like, Yokohama, too, which Yokohama is an awesome game by all accounts. I've not played it, but by all accounts, it's awesome. But, like, I, everyone that I'm like, I like Istanbul and play, I, like, tell people that online or tell them in my game group, they're like, oh, Istanbul. I fired that game with Yokohama. And I mean, like, maybe I will too, but I really doubt it. Like, why does every game have to be fired by something else? I mean, just, I don't know. Part of us, I think, has this. I want to be cool and play the coolest, latest thing. And I'm guilty of it sometimes too, but I don't know, man. Some games are still awesome. Play your old games too. 
Right. Yeah, I like Istanbul. I busted out a lot. It's really fun. It has a cool mechanism that's not in a ton of games that the way those characters move around is amazing. I like it. So, yeah, I'll keep that one for a while. Well, and then like that, you can bust your buddy out of prison, your family member oh, out yeah. of prison is really cool yeah. too. Like, and then he can go steal or do whatever he wants to do for you again until he gets put back in jail. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah I, I love definitely. it. Definitely. So, I don't know. It's just a, it's a cool game. I'm sure Yokohama is probably better even, and I just haven't had a chance to play it yet. But I mean, like, why can't we still like Istanbul? You know, I mean, Whatever. Right. Just my own yeah. little rant there. No, I'm with you. Cool. That's what I played. Yeah, that's what I played. So let's uh, keep moving on. Hey, Joel, uh, did you get a chance to go to Essen this year? Um, I went to the Essen house. It's a uh, Amish eatery <laughs> over in Middlebury, Indiana. It's super good. I love it. Yeah. Um, I didn't get a chance to go to the Essen, but I went to the Amish eatery called the Essen house. Big donuts. Pretty good. <laughs> All right. So I'm at Essen Spiel, the board game convention. You know, like the board games that we talk about a lot? Yeah, yeah. No, I didn't make yeah. it to that one. All right. I didn't make it either. But since we couldn't go, we felt we would talk about what BGG is saying the Essen hotness is. Uh, we have all 10 of the hotness, and we're going to talk about the top five. And we'll start at number five and work our way down to number one or up to number one. And then we may talk about what number six through 10 are. And then we'll give a little thoughts of what we think about each of these games, if we've played them or if we want to play them. Number five, glazed caramel cinnamon rolls. Really good. <laughs> yeah, they are good. You're right. Uh, that's that's a different Essen again. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's on the list, though. But one that is on the list at number five is Blackout Hong Kong by Eggertspiel. And that's your boy, Alexander Pfister, which I know you're a fan of. Yep. We'll blind buy this one because it's Eggert Spiel and Feaster. And like, I don't need to know any more than that. I, I don't know any more than that. I will blind buy this game. The game box is amazing. Like, it looks really sleek. It doesn't look like a normal, it almost looks like a, a portal game or something. It doesn't look like an Eggert Spiel game. Well, I mean, here's my question too. Eggert Spiel, like they usually tout their games for months before they're actually produced um, or have limited trickle out distribution. So is this like a limited trickle out like Coimbra was at, Origins, or is this just a they were doing demos at Essen? Do you know? I think it was for sale. I'm pretty sure I saw people saying that they bought it there from all the posts that were on Facebook and stuff. So we'll get it here in January or something, probably. Yeah, probably once Plan B actually brings it over, or whoever, because I think Plan B does Agri Spiel in America, right? Right. Ne- next move, Planet B, whatever they want to call themselves. Right. I guess next yeah. move is their like their like four letter word game. <laughs> That's right. funny. Yeah. Um. Their, yeah. Their four letter <laughs> words game side and then Eggers feels like they're Euro and then then plan B is kind of their main umbrella or whatever. Right. Yeah. All right. So that's number five that people are pumped at Essen for Blackout Hong Kong. Number four is a game that I kickstarted and I'm waiting for it to arrive. And that is Chronicles of Crime by Lucky Duck Games. Do you know anything about this one? Yeah, it's the VR headset game, right? Like where they have the cardboard thing you put your phone in. And like I would probably trash that and just use one of those two dollar and fifty cent ones you can buy at like Walmart on clearance. But the plastic one, I think it would still work probably if I had to guess. Probably. Yeah, it's essentially like detective, but I think it's simpler. Like you're scanning QR codes when you want to go talk to a person and you're examining the the crime scene through the VR on your phone. It seems interesting. I didn't re- particularly want to back it, but the more I looked at it and Katie really liked it, I was like, well, we can give this a try. So eventually it'll show up and we can actually play it. I saw the height of that constable's hat on the cover and I was like, forget it. I'm not buying this game. <laughs> It is pretty high. <laughs> You're right. Uh, it, it looks is, cool. I'll be is. happy to try your copy. And I mean, like, 
I don't know. I already have Detective and Sherlock and Holmes, so that's why this one was not super forefront. And I also want to see how the VR thing goes because I I know sometimes gimmicks like that are just hype machines and they aren't really that important to the game. This one, it seems like it is pretty important, but I just kind of want to see how that works. So I'd love to hear firsthand accounts of how this game is once you get it, and then maybe I'll be more hyped about it. But it looks fine. If you were super into this one, good for you. Like I mean, like I think there's perfectly good merits to be perfectly into it. Yeah, Tom Vassell loves it, so that's my only reservation. Like, it makes me a little leery, but once I get it, I'll try it for myself and make my own opinion, I guess. Have you seen how big Tom Vassell is? I mean, the dude's like six foot five. Like, I would He's not huge. pick a fight with him, yeah. Jason. I'm just saying. Like, I mean, I won't pick a fight with him in real life, but Tom Vassell's got a posse. That's all I'm saying, man. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> he does. All right, so moving on for number four, which I got is Chronicles back, of Prime. I mean, like, seriously, if you're going to throw down with him at Origins, like, it's cool, man. I- I'll, uh, I got your back, Jason. I think if if it's me, you, and Matt, I think we could all take him. Yeah, well, but Sam and Z are jumping in on his side. That's true. That's Z true. seems yeah. wiry, too. I don't know, man. Yeah, that's true. We might have to just stick to the war words, I guess. Yeah, we'll we'll keep talking Matt trash about him on our <laughs> podcast he doesn't listen to. Yeah. <laughs> and even, even if he did, he wouldn't care. This whole The history of this whole thing goes back to him not liking Vasco da Gama. Jason, that's like yeah. calling Jason's baby ugly. So, I mean... <laughs> It yeah. goes back to that. <laughs> yeah, you're wrong, Tom. You are so wrong. And really, Tom Vassell is the anti-Jason Smith. Like, Jason likes as many non-Euro games as Tom Vassell does like Euro games. So, oh, right. Yeah, that's true. Their Venn that diagram barely nicks each other. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, number four, Chronicles of Crime. We'll move on to number three, which is a game that I love. It's in my top 100. And it is from Eggerspiel, and it is called Coimbra. And we both had a chance to play that, and I really love it. Yeah, uh, I call it Coimbra because I have a little flair, and I'm I'm full of... Um, I watched someone pronounce it on YouTube one time, and I'm trying the best I can. But I'm totally wrong, I'm sure. Vital told you how to say it, didn't he? Yes, he did. It's a city in Portugal, so he probably does know it. Um, yeah, I, it is. Is it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure Coimbra is a city in Portugal. Yeah, I know it's a Portuguese word. I was thinking it was in Brazil for some reason. I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure someone will tell us if we got it wrong. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> well, anyway, I, it's in my top 100 as well. And this is one where I'm like, dude, this is pretty awesome that we got to see this thing back in, in June. And like, those Germans aren't getting to see it till like almost November. Yeah, that is true. That is true. No wonder they're pumped about it. They've been talking about it for... Six months, almost. Yeah, no, it's it's a really good game. Uh, and this is one that I think improves on multiple plays. Um, and it's, I mean, as far as the weight of the Euro it is, it's quick. I mean, that's another thing, too. It really is. I've even played it at four, and it still only took about an hour and a half. It wasn't too bad. Yeah, it's it's a quick game. Yeah. So, yeah, I like it. You like it. Coimbra. Eggerspiel is just amazing. Like, they, they knock stuff out of the park. So... Yeah, like you said earlier, if Eggerspiel's name's on it, I'll probably dig it. Yep. I mean, there's not much they put out that I'm like, eh. I, right. I can't think of a bad Eggerspiel game now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah. I mean, there are some that I like more than others, but yeah, I'd definitely play any of them anytime for sure. Yep. All right. Number two is Teotihuacan or Teotihuacan, however you say it, City of the Gods. And that's from NSKN Games. And it's kind of like a spiritual successor to Zolkin which I really love. And it's like a rondelle and you're moving dice around to, to t- give favor to these gods so you can level up your dice and collect like cocoa and some other types of goods so you can just score the most points. It looks cool to me. I don't know if it's up your alley or not, but I'm pumped for it. 
this is going to be like a Grand Austria Hotel type thing where I'm going to just like be like, ah, I'm not into it. Then I'll play your copy and be like, okay, I got to go buy it now. I mean, like I'm pretty <laughs> sure. Yeah, I'm sure you will. It, it looks pretty amazing. Yeah, it, I mean, I'm sure it does. I, I just, I don't know. Um, I mean, Zulkin's okay. I don't own it. And it's a perfectly great game. And I, if I found a way to trade it for something I didn't care about, I would, I would put it in my collection. But I mean, I didn't like it enough that I went out and bought it right away. And I don't know. It's just a weird prejudice I have against this game because I don't own Zulkin. So uh, real weird one. Yeah, I mean, I think... I don't even think they're really that similar outside of the theme, but again, they have similar mechanisms. Like, because Azulkin was essentially a rondel too, the gears function as rondels. So, yeah, it's, if you're not into rondels, you may not like this. But I don't know. I'll dig it. I'll like it probably. And you can build that cool pyramid, which is pretty awesome. Do you um, do you have mechanic mechanical gears in this one at all or not? No, you're just there's nothing mechanical. It's just you're moving around the board in like a rondel fashion. Well, that's that's fine, I guess. Yeah, it, it like it's a completely different game. Like Zolkin didn't have dice at all, and this right. is essentially a, a dice game. Yeah. So that is number two, Teo Tahuacan or Teo Tawakan, however you want to say it, City of the Gods. And now number one, this is kind of sad that this is the most hyped game at Essen, and that is Azul Stained Glass of Sintra from Next Move Games. Yeah, I I'm sure it's good. I mean, I'm positive it's good, but. There's just a lot of stuff in the small real estate of that filler abstract category nowadays. And right, I don't know, yeah. man. I mean, like we talked about Reef earlier and it being fine. Uh, Azul's good. Sagrada is fine. I mean, like, but all those games, save Azul. I don't know. I don't know. I, think, I can't think of a game that does what Azul does better than Azul. But the other ones, like, I feel like there's already out there, like, versions of the game that I, are fine. I don't feel like I need a replacement for it. So, um, I don't know. Or like, I don't feel like that game needs improved or made different. And this one feels like they're trying to like say, hey, we're going to compare Azul to Sagrada. Well, here you go. Not really compare it to Sagrada, you know? I mean, that's right, kind of how yeah. it feels. Well, the thing that bothers me, there's 2,000 games releasing in Essen. And you mean out of all those games, and there are five that we're going to talk about in a few minutes that are better than this. You mean out of all these games, a sequel to Azul is the number one most hyped game at Essen for real? I mean, we talked about four other ones that, in my opinion, are clearly better than this game. I just don't get it. Yeah. So, disclosure, these, these five were the ones that were the hottest on Sunday afternoon. Um, right, there's, true, there's a true. chance they could have flipped around a little bit because I know at one point, um, like one of the games we're going to talk about was like number three and another one was like number four. So, some other stuff snuck up and must have created a lot of buzz. And I mean, like Teotihuacan is one of them. And I think Azul shot way up there. Um, but then Blackout Hong Kong, I think, was kind of the surprise maybe of this one. Um, yeah, I think so. So anyway, uh, I mean, people knew it was coming out. It would, had been announced and stuff. But I think people getting to actually play it and, and see it, I think, maybe made it get some buzz. So um, anyway, I don't know. Azul Stained Glass of, of Sintra, uh, Sinatra, however you want to say it. <laughs> I like Sinatra. Let's go with that. <laughs> Which, you know... It's pretty cool because you wear boots and you walk on the glass. So, because <laughs> the boots were made for walking, I went with a different Sinatra there than you oh, thought. Oh yeah, it's like know? you're going with Nancy, not Frank. Yeah, nice. Well, that's. I mean, that's the top five. And then, so <laughs> I, I guess I don't know. Do you, I don't know. I suppose we can talk about all the other other top the other six in the top ten too. Um, just real quick. I mean, like I know the one that I I'm just trying to talk about is Gugong. I mean, that's right. one that we've backed for months now. We're just anticipating it getting here. I think the United right. States is the last place to get their copies on their Kickstarter fulfillment. We're still a couple weeks away and I'm just like dying to play this one. 
Oh yeah, I'm with you. Like to me, this should be the most hyped game because it's amazing. The the mechanism is different than any other mechanism. Like the way you're playing cards down and you're taking the card back as your hand for next round. That's genius. I just I don't know. It's just it's way more interesting to me than Azul. Even like Teotihuacan, I think the mechanism in Gugong is more interesting than that. I just I just don't understand. But yeah, Gugong is cool for sure. The only thing about Gugong, I want to see how it feels when we play it, is that you have to climb the tower thing. Like I don't want to have to do anything in a game. Well, yeah, but there are a lot of games that do that. Like Grand Austria makes you focus on the Emperor track or you get slapped around. So I mean it is what it is, I guess. Yeah, it is. I, I mean, but that's the one I'm the most hyped about. And that was at this time seven on the list. Right. And I've played Everdell, which is number six. And again, I think that game's fine. It's a card game. And I think if it didn't look as amazing as it looks and it didn't have the tree, no one would be talking about it. It got like a deluxe edition at S and two with like extra crazy components or something, right? Well, I think it's the same. They had that one at at Gen Con too, and that's the one I played, and it doesn't really change it all that much. It just gives you some nicer, a couple nicer bits and metal coins. I, I think when the Ultra Deluxe Mega Box from Queen Games comes out on Kickstarter, um, I will, I'll buy it because it has a Lazy Susan built into it. Oh, yeah. That'd be sweet. I would buy that. No questions asked. That's not true. That's not going to happen. <laughs> Unless Queen Games buys Starling Games, which Starling Games is Game, Game Salute, Salute, right? Yeah. Yep. So Starling Games is a good company. I mean, they make uh, Black Orchestra, which is one of my favorites from this year. Second oh, edition. Oh, yeah, for sure. But yeah, I, yep. I haven't played this one. And Jason put a It's Fine on it, but it has a lot of silly extras that you don't really need on it. Right. You could get rid of that tree and you don't even need the board, actually. You can just... Well, you need the board because it's work replacement, but yeah, it's a card game. So number seven was Gugong. We talked about that. Number eight is Newton, which I want, really want to play. It's from Cranio, which do... Trakirian, and they did uh, Nacrony, and I think they did, what's that other one, um, like Cerebria or something like that, and this is, I think this is by one of the guys that did Grand, Aust- Grand Austria Hotel as well, so I am I definitely need to play this one. Yeah, Kirinio is a really good company, and they've got some just crazy cool games that they've done. Um, I'm trying to remember what caught my attention to theirs recently. I love, I'm, I'm sure everybody loves it when I'm like, oh, I, I almost kind of remember something. Let me talk about almost remembering something <laughs> on the show. But Yeah. <laughs> well, I want to say I own one of their games. I just recently got it in trade, but I don't remember what it is. But anyway, I don't know. They make some really great games and they're usually in that nice upper medium category of just really solid games. Right. Yeah. So once this one rolls out, I definitely want to pick this one up. Uh, the next game I don't care about. It's number nine, and that's Railroad Inc. Deep Blue Edition from Horrible Games. Rolling right, I'm out. Yeah, it's a rolling right. It looks cool for a rolling right, but I don't need more rolling rights. I mean, I think Welcome to does it really well. Harvest Dice does it really well. Uh, Kokoro does it really well. And I mean, so like, I don't know. I, I, I'm i of the school of thought that I've already got three rolling right games. I don't feel like I need more um, unless this one's going right, to yeah. do something really, really well. The other ones don't. But it just looks like, you, looks like you're utilizing these die to build a a route, you know? So, I mean, there's more to it, I'm sure, than that, but I, I'll, I'll certainly play it. I don't think it's going to be bad, but I'm not positive that I'm going to seek it out. Right. Yeah, I probably won't play it at all, um, but that's just me. And number 10 is another NSKN game, and it is Dice Settlers. Yeah, this one looks fine. Um, boy, they are... NSKN games is, like, hot right now. Yeah, they are. They really are. You can kind of tell their games, too. They've got, like, the distinct kind of font they use almost like right i don't know it's just their design's really good but uh i don't know this one looks pretty cool um i just i don't know man uh I, any game that uses the word settlers in it it's gonna draw comparisons to you know Catan, 
And like, right. so it feels like, I, I mean, like it's on some deep visceral level of mine that I feel this way, but like for some reason, I feel like this is the dice version of Catan. I don't know. Yeah, I can see that. And I'm sure pe- other people are going to think that as well. I mean, I know it's not, but it just in my heart feels like that might be the case, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I watched the Dice Tower guys play through it a little bit and watch their review. It's okay. It seems, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like my kind of game, I guess. Yeah. Um, so that's that's that, I guess. What else? Did, was there anything else from uh, from the con that you want to talk about? Um, I don't know. I haven't really seen too much stuff. Um, just a bunch of content creators posting crazy videos. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I haven't really kept up on it too much because it makes me sad that I couldn't go. So I try to just not read about it. At least you're being honest, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Someday I'll go if I didn't hate flying so much. Oh, you, well, you're a real hater of flying, huh? Well, I don't hate it. It just, my body doesn't like it as much. So, yeah. Same here. It's like, it's like <laughs> trying to fit both the expansions of Champions of Midgard into the base box. It's flying for me. <laughs> yeah, that's a good analogy. I like it. Yeah, that's about how it is. Well, at any rate, uh, yeah, I think I'd like to go at some point. Um, whenever SM wants to pay for me to go, I will definitely go. Um, but I'll go at some point. I mean, it's just something you need to experience. But I think, honestly, the things in North America are starting to really, really give Essen a run for its money, you know? I mean... Yeah, I agree. You even look at the list of stuff that came out at Origins, and it's it's not... I mean, 2,000 things came out at Essen. There's no way 2,000 things were at Origins. But I mean, like, the stuff that was hot right. at Origins, it's not, not quite as good, but it's not to scoff at. And the stuff that came out at Gen Con, again, it's always... Not not totally on par, but like, I mean, they can they can fight each other, you know. I mean, so I don't know. I think the fact that Essen comes so late in the year is kind of hurting it a little bit, and these American cons are able to kind of like they jump the gun on some stuff and want to get that early exposure. So it's it's definitely an advantage for Origins and for um, for Gen Con, you know. Right, and then Pax Unplugged is going to have all the hotness from Essen that's playable. That they have an area where you can play all the hotness from Essen. They're not for sale, so even then, like that—that's next week or something from the time this episode right. drops. So, yeah, it hasn't happened. But if you just wait a week, all those games will be in America, and you can at least play them and see them and look at them. So, you know, it is what it is, I guess. What do West Coast people do for a con? I'm trying to figure that out. I don't know what they have out there. Don't they have? Um, where's BG? Where's BGG con? That's in Texas, I believe. Oh, uh, okay. For some reason, I thought that was in California. Well, I know there's a Dice Tower West, or Dice Tower right. Con West coming up next year. That's in Las Vegas. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm thinking there's one in, in uh, there's at least one good sized one in California, but I don't remember the name of it. And I don't quote me on BGG Con being in Texas, but I felt like it's like Austin or something in Texas. So I don't know. That I could be totally wrong. I wouldn't book a flight to Austin based on what I just said. But anyway, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, but yeah, someday we'll make it to Essen, but. Meanwhile, we have Origins and Jinkan we can waste our time with here. So what did we miss? What hotness from Essen are you super excited about? There's no way Jason and I could ever thoroughly look at 2,000 games that are coming out. Um, we didn't even completely look at these 10, to be honest with you. So, <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's true. What, what did we miss? What were we totally wrong about? Just go over to our Facebook page and let us know. Um, the other thing too is I'm going to be, oh, risky move here. If you're an email person, you can email us at joel or jason at bgmechanics.com. Um, 
and then and then just go over to bgmechanics.com. And I think you need to hit www. The first time you go there, because I don't know, it's just weird. But uh, check out our website over there, and that can get you to all of our Facebook pages and stuff like that. But then also you can see Jason does a good job of occasionally putting up some kind of exclusive content over there uh, in the form of some blogs. And um, just, I don't know, you can get caught up back there. We have all of our archived episodes back uh, backed up there. So we uh, love it when you guys check it out. Uh, we had a lot of listens last week. So thank you, everyone. I think maybe people were flying to Essen and they needed 20 hours of content to fill their time. So we got some listens. <laughs> needed something to put them to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> ASMR for dogs. That's what I'm pretty sure we are. <laughs> hey, whatever. Just keep keeping the listens going. I don't care who's listening to it. I'm putting your collar on you. We're getting ready to go on a walk. <laughs> All right. That just got weird. <laughs> it got real weird. I've been Joel. <laughs> And I'm Jason. Keep gaming. Keep gaming.